Welcome to the Speaking Light into Abortion podcast, where I talk about all the reasons it's possible for you to thrive after your abortion. I'm your host, Amanda Kingsley, and two years after my own abortion, I certified as a life coach so I could serve women after abortion in all the ways they've been deserving and lacking for centuries. Consider this your launchpad for finding strength and community in yourselves and in each other. Okay, another podcast episode. Um, Today we have two guests. We have Heather Witten and Sarah Parrott, and all three of us have kids in just rooms over, so we're not exactly sure what might happen in this podcast episode, but we welcome uh, all things that are the real world. So um, thank you both for being here. Um, Sarah and Heather are going to, I'm going to let them introduce themselves and their project they started a absolutely gorgeous project that attracted my attention on Instagram um, called The Abortion Project. And The Abortion Project is a documentary project aiming to demystify and destigmatize specifically medical abortions. And you are most definitely going to want to head over to Instagram and explore their project. It's, it's gorgeous work you're doing. So I'll let either one of you start. You can sort of <laughs> just jump right in and tell us how this is, as far as I'm understanding, a newer project, or is it just that you were newer defined as a nonprofit? There's like some, I'll let, I'll let you go ahead and tell us about the project how it originated, and where you're at and what you're doing. Okay, so we started the project officially in August of 2019, so we are still relatively new. And then within the last month or so, we became a nonprofit. Okay. Um, And that's because we um, also, in addition to um, the photography project, we send out care packages. Um, Mm. So we raise money through selling t-shirts and things like that. And then we are able to put together these abortion care packages that we give to our participants as well as sending out across the country. Mm. I was literally just this morning, you know, just to get my brain in the zone popped open your page and thinking you you recently have a picture of a care uh, care package. And I was thinking, what, a difference that would make remembering back to my own abortion. Um, I feel like I had a pretty special experience, but just to know that there are people outside, you know, sending you those treasures and supporting you in that way. All right. So tell us more. So you are a nonprofit. It's a photography project. And also we're going to say like a, a support mental health support project, right? Yes. Um, with the photography, we also are both full spectrum doulas. So we mm-hmm. offer doula support to our participants as well as um, me photographing during the experience. Yeah. And what does the abortion care look like for you? Does that mean that you're only working with women local to you? Um, so far, we've only been working with people locally, but um, we are hoping to be able to expand to every our reaching people across the country. Yeah. So for people who, we did do an episode about abortion doula care, um, but for people who didn't hear that episode, um, tell us, explain to us what a doula is and specifically what an abortion doula is. 
Sure. So a, well, I will explain what a full spectrum doula is since that's what we are. Um, so a full spectrum doula is somebody who supports all pregnancy outcomes, whether that is an abortion or a loss or um, a full term baby um, adoption. I mean, it's endless. Um, and so we have been doing this um, for quite some time now, but for abortion specifically, that looks like us going to their homes and supporting them emotionally, supporting them physically. We do a lot of hands-on support. And so this could look like counter pressure on their back. Um, it could look like a foot rub. Um, it is, um, um, I'm sorry, my brain is like not working. <laughs> I want to say that we all have Corona brain. <laughs> That's what I want to say. Because we are very much recording this in the times of Corona and our children are home and it's morning time and we're all just all over the place. <laughs> so yes. that's okay because that's how this is and that's how this is for um, unplanned pregnancy doesn't stop when, when viruses come through. Unplanned pregnancy keeps going and I keep thinking about all these women who are in this place, right? That on top of everything else they're experiencing in like socially and globally right now and health wise, they're facing these unplanned pregnancies. And I know how hard it was for my own pregnancy. I cannot imagine the brain fog and the confusion and the overwhelm that is happening right now for women experiencing unplanned pregnancy. So, um, I am very curious if one of you wants to answer how, because I was a doula for about three years. Um, I did not do um, abortion care in that. And when I had that practice, um, I was doing mostly birth and postpartum care, but mostly birth care. And I did work with a partner. And we were kind of the only doulas that worked in partnership in that way. And now many doulas have partners who back them up, that kind of partnership. But we would actually go to births together. And that was such an incredible experience for us to be able to do that work um, in partnership. Because we found that, um, like many... Uh, <laughs> it's like a solopreneur job, right? Like, and we found that the doula work alone became isolating at times. And how, especially with birth work, like having someone to bounce um, experiences off of, whether we went to the birth together or didn't. Um, I'm curious how the two of you started working together and how, um, what that's like in your, in your work in your project? Yeah, so we met um, through a birth network here in, in Florida and um, just became kind of quick friends um, right mm -hmm. off the bat. And then I actually got pregnant and needed to have an abortion and knew that Sarah, I was at the time training to become a full spectrum doula and I knew that Sarah was already practicing. Um, so I kind of tapped her on the shoulder and asked her to help me through my abortion. Um, and she did wonderfully. And mm -hmm. after that, it was kind of, um, the ball just kept rolling and snowballing into bigger and bigger things. Um, and so the project got started shortly, pretty shortly after my abortion. 
um, the ideas were kind of just flowing for us. And um, we started working together and we actually started working together as birth and postpartum doulas for a while too. Okay. But that didn't, that's not as cut and dry as the abortion work. So um, we decided to stay separate and as each other's backups for that. But um, yeah. yeah, working with a partner for the abortion project is, because like you said, it can, there's a lot that goes into supporting people for abortions. There's a lot of, um, I think, just emotional toll that you can take sometimes. Yeah, and it's good to sure. have something to share that with and uh, just to know that it's, you're, you're not alone and it's not just on you and we can face it because we have each other. Yeah. And so are the two of you going into homes to support women and families or is it, do you take turns or how does that, what does that look like? No, we're together for everything when it comes to the abortion project. That's something that we kind of defined clearly in the beginning of the project that it would be both of us. Um, because I think we both bring unique skills and yeah. um, I don't know the right word, but we both bring something to the table. And especially with me photographing, like that can take me out a little bit. I want to be outside of the abortion just a little bit to be able to see everything. Yeah. So it's good to know that Sarah is there. 100% of the time um, with the person while I'm dodging in and out. Yeah. And are you going to medical appointments as well? Or is the work, the support you're offering at home? And also, I would assume by phone, text, boxer, something like that. Yeah. So if somebody um, is going to be going to a clinic, and getting medication, then we support them at home. Um, and it just really depends. We also have um, good communication with our local abortion fund. And so sometimes we'll go and drive people to and from the clinic, but that's not so much a part um, of the project. Usually by the time people are reaching out to us, either they are researching a clinic or they already have gone and have medication. So a lot of it is phone support, um, text and email, and then the in-person at their home. And we also try to see them um, before their abortion, and then we do some follow-up as well. Mm, amazing. And so let's talk about, um, so Heather, it was you that, that you were saying that you um, faced a pregnancy that you chose to abort, and that was how, one of the ways that the two of you made a stronger connection. Um, are you, walking people through that decision-making process as well? It, like, is that, are you doing that sort of before care of, is this even something I want? Um, right now we're not, um, for the most part, like Sarah said, they're already pretty much by the time they reach out to us have made yeah. up their minds and are seeking yep. um, support. Um, but that is something that we hope to be able to do in the future is that all options kind of counseling, yeah. um, a little bit separate from the project, but yeah, the project in and of itself is just supporting people through their medical abortions. Yeah. And what was it about you and share as much or as little as you're comfortable with, but what was it about your experience that stuck out for you? And you said, you know what, this is this is, and it may, may have been pieces of your experiences too, Sarah, um, that's because many of us go through abortions. Um, but what was it for you? Do you remember that moment where you were like, just sort of sticking out in a way that's calling me to do something more? 
Yeah, I think um, I came into doula work as a birth photographer for many, many years. Yeah. And I remember there was a moment of me laying in the bathtub and I had, I actually had two doulas with me during my abortion and they were both were sitting around me and Sarah was pouring water on my back. And, mm-hmm. and I just remember like in the split moment thinking how much like birth this actually was and just how empowering it was for me, just like I've seen so many people giving birth, how empowering it is for them. And just looking around the room and everything, it, I just made this huge connection with birth. And I was yeah. like, wow, this is just as worthy and just as important to be mm-hmm. seen and known about. And I didn't know about any of this before I got pregnant and was walking into abortion. I walked into that room not knowing what to expect at all. Yeah. And not only like the bad and the the ugly and the painful, but the beauty and the empowerment and the um, intimacy between myself and my doulas. So yeah. I think that there was so much that was there that could be shown to the public. Mm. Oh, I have chills. So for you, it was very much like a visual lens that you, that you first saw the project, right? It was like capturing that, those moments. I too did birth photography as a doula and um, yeah, those little moments share so much light and capture so much of that transformation for women. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, Sarah, what, I know it sounds like you had been doing the full spectrum work longer. Um, and was it Heather that came to you and said, Hey, what if we turn this into a bigger project? Um, I actually don't remember. Heather. <laughs> I feel like yeah. we went through this and it was like maybe a couple weeks later. It felt very fast. Okay. Um, but also I think our friendship has kind of gone very quickly along the way as well. And we were just sitting one day and we were talking about how there isn't really, there's like no abortion photography. And I think the main thing is when people come to us, they want to know like, what is it going to look like? Mm-hmm. And sometimes I think they get misinformation Um, And so we're like, we really want this to be out in the public. We want this to be known. So people will be able to like look at a book one day and just be like, oh, hey, it might look like this. My experience Mm -hmm. might be this way Um, and normalizing it. Yeah. I imagine it's so comforting for women because it is such an unknown experience and it is such an untalked about experience. I, I had some amount of you know, my own experience as a doula and I went to a little bit of midwifery school. So I felt pretty confident that like I was going to be okay, but there are moments where I was like, is this happening right? Is this, is, you know, is it going, should it be happening faster? Should it be happening slower? Um, I actually decided to be alone, but I can imagine how comforting it would have been to have someone to ask those questions to on point. Um, are there women who um, work with you who don't want you there, but want you available to ask those kinds of questions to, like just through text or phone? Or... Yeah, so we weren't sure what this project was going to look like in the beginning. And I guess we just thought everybody was going to want to be a part of the project. Um, I think that's kind of my personality too. I'm like, yeah, 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 everybody's going to want this. And we're realizing it seems to be like 50-50. Like some people do reach out and they're just wanting to have that available person to have a phone call with Mm -hmm. or have that tech support. Um, 
And we think that a lot of people too are worried about um, like identifiable information, like being put out into the world. And so we've had lots of talks about, you know, your face doesn't have to be in these images and like nothing that can identify you doesn't have to be in these images. Um, and so we're still trying to work through what that looks like. And like, we're really trying to get feedback from people that don't want to be a part of the project as to like why or what improvements mm. we can make. So I do think it's like 50-50. Sometimes people just want somebody to talk to. Yeah, yeah, that makes total sense to me. Um, Heather, I remember a moment in my own experience. I don't know if either of you, or Sarah, I don't know that you're, that you've had experience with medical, but I remember a moment in my experience where I was in, taking the first, I don't know how it is in all clinics, but for me, I had to take the first pill in the office and then go home and take the rest. And I remember turning to the, it was a male obstetrician um, who was phenomenal. Um, and he, I had the pill in my hand and I remember putting it in my mouth and I swallowed it. And then I said to him, you could do an entire documentary on this moment. Like that was maybe one of the most powerful <laughs> moments I remember was swallowing that first pill. Um, and the like racing thoughts through my head. Um, so I guess I called you out because of my language of like, you could do an entire documentary on this moment. Um, do you get nuggets of language from women? Like, do you ask questions and pull out like quotes or like, like if someone had been able to capture what was going through my head in that moment, it literally could have been an entire documentary. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Unfortunately, we're not with them when they're taking that first pill, but I fully agree. I, I did mine a little bit different. I did some herbal stuff before the protocol. Okay. Yeah. And so I just remember sitting there with this little tincture and the little dropper and sobbing and like yeah. all the things that were going through my mind. Like it, it was like the willpower that it took to actually like put that dropper in my mouth because I knew like this is starting it like this is the time this is the decision this is the moment yeah. um yeah so I fully relate to that and and it was like as soon as I put those drops in my mouth and I knew like okay we're getting started like everything changed and everything yeah. settled and I knew right. like hey we're doing this and I felt like you're saying that power um that almost like a comfort of knowing like the decision was made and now we're the ball is rolling and right. okay can do this you know um and unfortunately yeah we aren't with people when they take that first pill in the clinic that would be amazing to be able to have access to that <laughs> yeah, I mean it's just it's just a moment I what I imagine is that you could have that experience through so many moments right the first bleed the first you know the the first cramp right the first but there's so many of these moments. That's the one that sticks out for me as just like, whoosh, like a movie reel through my head. Um, but there's so many experiences in, in the abortion that, you know, for some people, I didn't pass any tissue that was recognizable to me. Um, but I imagine that there's so much happening for women at sort of peak stages throughout the process. 
from the small amount of people that we've been with, it's amazing to see the variety of um, the ways that they handle all those different, like, because yeah. they're in, yeah, like, totally like a similar um, thing that happens, you know, during the medical abortion, like there's like this timeline that happens, but each person experiences it so differently. Yeah. Uh, and that's part of what we want to do with the project is show that even though we, we can tell you that it's going to look like X, Y, and Z, we can't really help you. Like you can't fully understand how you're going to be able to experience that or like what you're going to feel during that. So we want to be able to show as many variations of that. As Perfect. Possible. It's just like birth, right? And parenting and all the things. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's such amazing work. I'm so excited to watch the project grow. Do um, and either of you can speak to this, but do, what's your vision? What's your dream? What's your like, are you just letting it evolve and turn into what it needs to one step at a time? Or do you also have some sort of guiding vision that's, that's driving you? So our goal is that we would like to travel and photograph at least one person in every state. Um, and afterwards we hope to put it into a book. So we wanna have a book of images that can be in abortion clinics across the US. Um, so that people can really, like I was saying before, have an idea of, oh, this is what it might look like. Um, we're also hoping to share, for the people who are participants, they're going to share something in the book about their experience. And so we're hoping some of that information might be useful to people. Um, but really, like a beautiful educational tool is what I imagine. Mm, that's amazing. I love that. Is that something you're actively working toward and people could? contribute to making happen or is that like sort of a down the road dream go ahead sarah okay um yeah so this is something that we are currently working on so we're currently going around and documenting um we have not yet been out of the state to document however we do have um a camper van and so we're ready when people can contact us and you know also after whatever this is with um, COVID-19, I don't, I don't know how long um, that's going to be until we're able to travel, but we are hoping to do that. Yeah, are you able to still practice right now or have you sort of halted in-person practice during this unknown time? We've currently halted, um, but we are still doing phone support. Um, yeah. Like I said, we're in good communication with our abortion fund, and we know the clinics pretty well. And so when people are reaching out, we're still giving them um, some guidance and information. But as far as the photography project, we've kind of paused. I have one more question about your care package. Um, is it something that you... I just imagine it being really fun figuring out what you wanted to put in a care package. And I'm curious if it evolves every single time you send one out or if it's kind of stayed the same and is sort of predictable. And um, when we started, it was much more um, fun. <laughs> like we had a lot of different stuff in there um, because it really was like you're saying, like it was fun to sit down and imagine like, what I would have wanted, what we think people would want during that time and yeah. to the package, but it was very expensive the way we had it originally. 
and um, the number of people that were calling and requesting. It, and it wasn't like this outrageous number of people. We, we would love to have more. Um, but we just realized we needed to scale it back just a little bit. And instead of like a pain relief tincture, put in some ibuprofen and, yeah. you know, like right. little adjustments like that. But we've really only made one adjustment to the care package. And then we buy everything kind of in bulk and portion it all out. And we share some with our local abortion fund. And then we keep some for ourselves and we mail those out. Yeah. Oh, so and much love in there. Yeah, we really do. Like you were saying before, like it's really important that they feel like there's somebody out there that's on their side and supporting them and that they're not alone through this. Yeah. Because so many people don't tell anybody that yeah. they're going through this. So for sure. Nice to be able to. And the package is discreet. Like it doesn't show up with like the abortion project plastered all yep. over it or yep. anything like that. Yeah. Um, okay, so. I thought that was my last question, but now I have one more and then I promise I'll let you go back to your kids. <laughs> Um, do you have any vision of doing a sort of like three month out, six month out, one year anniversary, any kind of check in with women afterwards? Yeah, we do check in with them. Right now it's around four weeks um, mm -hmm. that we go and visit with them and we ask them to write a little something um, about their experience and share that with us because that will hopefully go into the book one day. Yeah. Uh, and then we ask them to write a review so that we can share because we are trying to reach as many people as possible and cut through the, the unknowns for them. So if they can see like, oh, Jane Doe did the project and this is what she thinks and how she felt with it, then they can hopefully feel more comfortable being a part of the project as well. Because the work that I do is all around mental health in the months, but really even years after abortion. And what does that processing look like? And so what I imagine is that the the shift of doing the work that you do makes a like undescribable impact on women's mental health afterwards. I just, I can't even imagine what, what that difference looks like. I will say like, aside from the project, um, I have had past clients reach out to me and just tell mm -hmm. me, Hey, oh my gosh, like it's, you know, a year later, two years later, and I just got married, or we just had a baby. And um, that always feels really good to have these people confirm, yeah. like, wow, thank you again. Like, I'm that was the best decision I've made. And now this is where I'm at in my life. Mm -hmm. um, and so I don't know about for this project specifically, if we will be reaching back out to people, you know, at you're saying like a three month, six month year, I'm not sure. Um, because that isn't really our focus right now. But I will say that, yeah, it's it's definitely incredible to have those conversations a year later, two years later. Yeah, yeah, I imagine that to be true. Did you have something to say too, Heather? <clears throat> no, I was just going to say thanks for saying that and that um, it is such an interesting thing that we'll never know, like, really the impact because I know that if I would have had my abortion without doula support, it would have looked probably radically different. But I'll never have that experience, and I'm so thankful. Right. Yeah, that the people yeah. that we're working with won't have to have that experience. Yeah, and I just imagine that, and this is this might just not be work that you do, but I imagine that compilation of like some, you know, not a not a like scientific case study, but like just a case study of like how women feel 
about their abortions a year later having had support versus I imagine the doula project has done some of this exploration but um yeah how do you feel a year later having had support versus not having had support um five years through I mean a lot of the women I talked to had an abortion 30 years ago and they've never talked to anyone so I just can't imagine that like I it just feels like it's going to be so drastically different in my mind but like you said we'll never really know I'll never know <laughs> um just is what it is go ahead no no I just oh, okay yeah is there anything that either of you that I either didn't hit on or that you wanted to share coming in and weren't able to share? Um, any closing thoughts that either of you have or want to, a message you want to send to women listening um, before we wrap up? I did want to say, and this is kind of like a cheesy, like, I don't know, but we do sell merchandise. Um, yes, it's oh. gorgeous. Thank you. <laughs> so um, gorgeous. Did one of you design or is one of you a designer or did you? No, it's designed by the lovely Amara Hollowbones. She's in mm -hmm. Canada. She did the artwork for us. Yes. Um, beautiful. Um, but we sell t-shirts, stickers, totes, and patches um, for like jean jackets and stuff like that. And that money goes towards the care packages that we were talking about and also funding our travel. Um, yep. So that's like a big thing that if people want to reach out and support us, um, that's a way that they can do it by buying a t-shirt or something. Yes. Thank you so much for that plug because a more people need to be wearing that beautiful and, and sporting the beautiful gear and be, yeah, to be able to support more of your work is a total win. Anything you wanted to share, Sarah? And also is in like, I found you, you know, when you find somebody, like I found you on Instagram. So like, that's how I imagine you, <laughs> but what is the best way for people to reach out to you or to learn more or to participate or. Yeah, probably through our website would be the best. Okay, yeah. <laughs> and there is, you know, an area on our Instagram where they can find our website. Yep. Um, but sending us an email through our website is the best. Yeah. Okay. Great. Web yeah, and the website is uh, theabortionproject.com. Okay, perfect. We'll put in all the links and all the things. And um, yeah, I'm excited to see your map spread. <laughs> you can have people reaching out to you. They're like, I'm in South Dakota. Get in the camper van. <laughs> Let's do this thing. Sarah would have the whole trip mapped out like in 24 hours. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so I totally good. would. We're excited. Oh, amazing. It's amazing. Thank you so much for doing this work. And um, I'm really excited to, to watch it grow and to be able to share it with, with the people listening. Yes. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Have a great day. Do something super fun with your kids. And I don't know. It's kind of gray here in Massachusetts. What's Florida like today? Sunny, of course. Yeah. yeah. Sunny Florida. That's why you're both so smiley. <laughs> Thank you again. Bye-bye. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. And as always, please consider sharing, rating, and reviewing this podcast. It helps me reach a wider audience and invites more people to thrive after abortion. 
If you're someone who chose abortion and find yourself struggling, hiding, or wishing you could move beyond your experience, head over to my website and book a free call. We'll talk about how you can start living the life you made your choice for.